Welcome to this edition of Modern Steel Construction's Field Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Weisenberger. This month, we're talking to Carol Drucker, co-founder of Drucker Zydel Structural Engineers in Chicago, which has been involved in countless steel connection projects throughout the country. Um, Carol currently serves on AISC's Committee on Specifications, as well as several task committees, and she is being honored as one of this year's AISC Lifetime Achievement Awards uh, for her many contributions to the steel industry, particularly thanks to her expertise in uh, connection design, but also due to her extensive uh, involvement with AISC. Welcome, Carol. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being here virtually. I know we're all in the midst of the uh, coronavirus uh, COVID-19 pandemic, and we'll get to that in a bit. But uh, let's let's forget about the present right now and maybe go back to some simpler times. Um, one of the first things that I wanted to know, and I always like to ask anybody who's in our industry, mm-hmm. is what, what got you interested in buildings in the first place? Was there some building out there when you, you just walked by, you said, oh, oh, this is what I this is what I want to do? Well, really, it was bridges that got me into this Ah. first place. Uh, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, and I always wanted to know how the bridges that cross the Ohio River were designed. The bridges connect Louisville to Indiana. Um, That, with my love of math, it was really just a natural fit to go into civil engineering. But uh, many years later, when I was a summer intern at the Corps of Engineers, I was epically disappointed to find out from the head of structural engineering in the Louisville Division of the Corps of Engineers, when I asked him, finally had my chance to ask him, how are those bridges designed? And he simply turned around and pulled the book off the bookcase, flipped a few pages and said, it's pretty much just this one. Well, fast forward decades (laughs) later, and and I now know it really isn't just that easy, but of course, (laughs) interesting to hear that at the time. To, can you be a civilian and still work for the Army Corps of Engineers, or do you have to uh, be in the military? No, uh, you can be civilian. I actually started working there the summer I graduated high school in the Louisville District. Well, the first time I was in the Fort Knox District, or really Fort Knox was in the Baltimore District, but I worked in for the Corps of Engineers in Fort Knox after I graduated high school. Uh, my dad actually worked in Fort Knox, too. Uh, he was a civilian working in Fort Knox. My neighbor worked in Fort Knox. We live pretty close to Fort Knox. You're probably gathering that. After a couple years of school, I, I then transferred to the to the bigger headquarters in Louisville which is just a little okay. bit further north of Fort Knox. So, I mean, we, you talked a little bit about getting into, into engineering. So how did you find your way to connection design? Well, connection design, that was really never the intent. I was a practicing EOR, typical structural engineer, designing buildings. Um, nothing unusual about that. But then I had a set of twins. And so I was on home on maternity leave. Okay. And a local detailer, Strauss Boyce, which is now renamed Ken Boyce and Associates, asked me to, to do connection design while I was home on maternity leave. Well, I don't know if you have twins, but you really don't have time to be doing connection design <laughs> when you have a two-year-old and a set of newborn twins. It's too much. Uh, but when things started to calm down, I did start doing connection design for Ken Boyce. And then uh, he, I started doing work for Hellmark Steel, then I did some work for AISC, and one thing led to the next, and here we are today. So tell me a little bit about uh, about your company. How long has Drucker Zydel been in business? 
We have been in business now for almost this August. It will be 17 years this August. I'm very excited okay. about that. 10 years was in Naperville and then seven years, almost seven years in Chicago. Before Drucker's Idel, um, both Mary Lynn and I each had our own one-man shop businesses, but we wanted to lose that one-man shop label. So we decided to combine. Uh, she did more of the EOR type work. I did more of the connection type work for contractors. And it worked really well. We really, uh, business really did boom overnight. It, it really was good. What was um, the kind of tipping point, so to speak, for um, getting the company to move from Naperville to Chicago? Well, I think we knew all along that ultimately we would probably have to move the company um, from Naperville to Chicago. But we both lived in the Naperville area and we wanted to be close to home. We had kids in, in school here. But we knew to grow the company and to attract more staff, we would eventually have to go there. We did also strike a deal with the people working in Naperville that who wanted to move. We also had great internal pressure to move the office to Chicago. So we finally agreed, just wait for the kids to graduate high school, and then we'll move. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened a year after my youngest twins now graduated high school. Okay. We moved the office to Chicago that following that, that very summer. And Excellent. now we've been there almost seven years. Uh, we still have some stragglers here in Naperville who didn't really want to make the move with us, and that's fine. They work remote. And I don't know if people know this, but last year we also opened up a Milwaukee office. So we have a Milwaukee office now. And that is oh, located that. Uh, very close to the Milwaukee School of Engineering. Oh, ah, okay. Right, that, right, that makes very, sense. very close. <laughs> <laughs> so so every year, you know, when graduation comes along, you can just run across the street and snatch them right out of the building. Well, that that would be the that is the idea. See, we're really <laughs> fond of uh, Chris Rabel. We really think he's an excellent professor, and we do recruit highly out of the Milwaukee. We like all colleges, but we do recruit uh, highly out of Milwaukee School of Engineering. It really is a good program up there. Excellent. Well, so um, you know, coming from Kentucky, um, I understand you you went to school and. I believe at Purdue and also Cal Berkeley. What can you tell me how you ended up um, in Chicagoland? Well, that's right. I did from Kentucky, went to Indiana, Purdue and Indiana, then off to California. But it's really no surprise that I ended up back in Chicago because both my parents were from Chicago. And I knew all along, even as a kid, that if I wanted to live here, it really was a fabulous city. I, I recognized that even as a, as a small child. And it is an excellent place for a structural engineer to live. There's such wonderful architecture and engineering in the city. I, I kid you not, believe it or not, when I walk from Union Station to my office every day, I, I honestly smile just looking at the amazing engineering on the way from Union Station to my office, which is right by Willis Tower. We have Willis Tower, that Fazerkan design, and John Zills. Mm -hmm. You can also see... 151 North Riverside that Ron Clemensic and MKA did. And uh, also now the 110 North Wacker project is, is just some incredible engineering. And uh, I know a lot of oh, yes. hard work went into all that engineering and their legacy will continue on. It really is a spectacular city. Sure. And oh, besides buildings, what do you enjoy most about the city? Well, besides buildings, there's a, what I really enjoy about Chicago is the, uh, this diverse culture in this town. There's no shortage of things to do. Uh, I love the opera, the symphony, the Art Institute, Lake Michigan, the Riverwalk. But probably my absolute favorite thing to do 
is to go on the architectural boat tour. I don't know if you've ever been on that, but whenever I have uh-huh. mm-hmm. guests, that's what we do. Uh, for several summers in a row, uh, we took our, we had our summer outing on the architectural boat tour until I think one summer they kept telling us that we were being too rowdy. So the next <laughs> summer we rented our own boat and took our, we just did our own architectural boat tour. Uh, at this point, I think we're trying to diversify what we've, we've done. We've done the architectural boat tour enough in our office, but that is definitely one of my favorite things to do in the city. Excellent. Um, do you, would you say that that's the city's best kept secret, or do you have, have any others that you're willing to reveal? Well, the best kept secret in Chicago, like what I think, is the Richard Serrett sculpture, not too far from AISE's office, right in the middle of Grant Park. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it really is a spectacular sculpture. And the reason why it's so cool is that it's made out of steel plate, 410 steel. It's, I don't know, okay. maybe 20, 30 feet tall in thick steel. It's called the Reading Cones. It, it really is a, is a wonderful piece of work. Uh, I'm a real big fan of Richard Serra. And as soon as this shelter in place is over, I've been wanting to actually go to New York, which is another fabulous city, to see his permanent mm-hmm. collection at MoMA. You should check it out. Oh, excellent. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, well, I have to ask, since you did go to school uh, in Berkeley, is there anything you missed about California? I mean, the weather's a little nicer than here. Mm-hmm. I miss windsurfing. I was a big windsurfer when I was in California. The ocean. Ah. I love the ocean. I really do miss that in sailing. Um, I don't even know if I could windsurf nowadays. <laughs> the idea is nice. Could definitely still sail. Yeah, I really love the ocean. You have maybe like uh, uh, one or two of your most memorable projects, or, or one that you're particularly proud of. I mean, I'm sure you're proud of them all, but is there anything that stands out? Well, I do like the projects where there was good collaboration between the different team members with the end goal of producing a fabulous product. Those are the types of projects I really like. It's really hard to choose one particular project. Um, they all have this, like kind of a special place in my heart. It's almost like picking your favorite child. You really just don't right. want to do that. Having said that, if you had to choose one, if I had a gun to my head and I had to choose one, I think the project I liked the most was the Blue Cross Blue Shield vertical expansion in Chicago, where they put 30-something additional floors on top of Blue Cross Blue Shield, also very close to your office at AISC. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a fabulous project. We were able to do a lot of innovative things with a vertical bracing. Uh, there was no shortage of problems for the team to solve together. I think if you ask all the team members uh, what their favorite project was over the lifetime of their career, probably a lot of them would choose Blue Cross Blue Shield. We did that with Savez, and the OR on that okay. job was uh, Dave Ekman at MKA. Well, so, you know, obviously we are in the midst of an unprecedented situation uh, with COVID-19. And I just have to ask, you know, how have you been adapting? How have your staff been adapting to working in this environment? Is, is it been difficult? Is it, uh, has there, has there been a silver lining? Well, there is a silver lining because five minutes before this interview, I, I got to go for a quick jog around the block. So <laughs> that, that was nice. I do <laughs> right. like that aspect. It was a beautiful day. You can get up and do a quick jog, things like that. That works out great. Uh, we are adapting. Uh, we did see it coming. We did see the global crisis coming. It truly is a horrible thing right now that we're going through. But we saw it happening in Europe. And we saw what was happening in Seattle. We were in a little bit of a denial, but nonetheless, we made sure everybody could work remote 
tested the VPN, tested the mm-hmm. remote access, made sure we all had everybody's cell phone numbers, and then sure enough, it hit Chicago, and here we are sheltering in place today. Uh, we start every day with a quick 15-minute meeting, go-to meeting. Everybody calls well, that's in. Good. Mm-hmm. We have, every day we go over what each person did the day before, what they are doing to that day today, and if there's any blockers, if there's anything preventing them to getting anything done or if they need to talk to anybody or anything like that. And at first, uh, well, at first I thought it might have been an overkill, but it turns out I think everybody likes it. It gets, keeps us together. It keeps us communicating. And so that works out really well. The trick of it is, the trick is that you don't want to get hung up on project specifics because the next thing you know, 30 minutes goes by and you really want to keep these short as possible. Um, I myself have a problem with trying to get talking about project specific things. So we have to stop each other from doing that. But besides that, it it is going fairly well. So at this point, I think we've adopted pretty good. And and I think all everyone actually has in our office. I'm very concerned about what's to come and and very much looking forward for the economy to return and for us getting back to work in, in the loop. Well, sure. And that, that just, um, you know, uh, well, quite literally, you want to be back working in the loop. Um, but uh, as far as the, that, you know, that, that leads into me thinking about the, um, the construction economy itself, are, are mm-hmm. you, you know, is, are you seeing things continuing to come down the pipeline? Because I know in a lot of municipalities and state, you know, cities and states and um, around the country, construction projects uh, still seem to be going. Yeah, they, they are. They are going. That is true. We are luckily busy. We were busy before this happened, the pandemic happened, and luckily no jobs have been canceled. Uh, Usually when there are some job sites that have been shut down, but everything Mm -hmm. continues on. We have jobs on the EOR side that are still progressing into design, so that's good. The connection jobs are, are still even moving forward. Even the ones that are in construction, we're still wrapping up connection design, even though the job site might be shut down. So everything is moving forward. So thank goodness. Let's just hope that that continues on. You know, as with everything else, NESCC, the Steel Conference, um, is also being affected by the pandemic. Of course, we were uh, scheduled to hold the conference in Atlanta. Um, However, we have the next best thing, which is the virtual NASCC. And uh, Carol, I understand you're going to be giving one of the sessions um, for that. So can you maybe just talk a little bit about what you're going to be uh, presenting on? Yes. Um, I think it's a great thing that AISC is doing with the virtual conference. That worked out really well. There's a lot of people an opportunity to see uh, our presentation, which is going to be a great one this year. I'm very excited about it. We are collaborating with Floor, Caitlin O'Donnell in Sale Lewis from Floor, on presenting how we implement their game changer force output file that they issue with their projects. Uh, They've done a lot of innovative work and we've done innovative work on our own to optimize connection design to really produce not only better connection design for the fabricator, but a better overall safe product for the owner. It really is fascinating stuff. Thank you for your time, Carol. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, be safe, everyone.